You are listening to a message from Thrive Community Church, a church located in Southwest Florida. For more info, visit us at thrive-fl.org. Thank you so much for being here. It's great to have you here. And we're excited. We're in our fifth week, week five. So we're in chapter five now of Ephesians. We're doing a series called Fathom so that we can try to grasp or fathom the height and depth and breadth and width of the love of Christ, God's grace, God's plan. The book of Ephesians is just, to me, um, astounding in, in just the depth of it. And every time I read it through, it's just like blows you away in terms of what it's asking. We have seen passage after passage like that. Today, uh, we are in chapter 5, where we're going to be fathoming God's redemption for us. You can follow along in the Bible app today, the U version of that, and on that, you can find that as um, just uh, what that all looks like um, and all the notes for it. So we hope that you will do that today. So we're in chapter 5. And we're going to be reading verses 1 through 14. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure, who is covetous, that is, an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partners with them. For at one time you were darkness." But now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, Awake, O sleeper. And rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. We're going to fathom God's redemption, and we see in this passage is the difference between darkness and light, between death and life itself. It's pretty vast, it's pretty broad. And today we're going to be focusing on one verse, I think only two points to this message. Can you believe that? What's wrong with John today, huh? Daylight's, yeah, let me tell you. Yeah, yeah. Well, I hope I stay on track. But uh, two, two, two points today. I have a little brain fog when this happens. It takes me a week or two to actually catch up to this. I don't know um, if you find that or not with daylight savings time. It's like, no, kind of? It's so dark in the morning, especially when I woke up at 5, which was 4. But it was 5. Yeah, it was weird. Last night was not a good night for sleep for me. But... Um, Sorry, should get back on track, right? Okay, so we're looking at two points today. It comes from Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8. It's basically, at one time, you were darkness. And the second point is, now you are light in the Lord. I think those are going to be fun. Um, well, the first point's a little tough, okay? And now, uh, one time you were darkness. And here's the reality. To be a Christian 
you have to recognize the darkness that is within you. Okay? It's tough. I don't like it, but I know it's there. That, now, the, the Bible uses a word for that. You know what word the Bible uses for the darkness within us, other than darkness? It's called sin. <laughs> and I know, oh, you got it, right? You guys are awake this morning. That's cool. Cool. Yeah. Um, now, it's not a popular term anymore, whatever happened to sin. We don't like to talk about sin. Um, uh, even in Christian circles, you'll notice a lot of people will talk about our brokenness or our failures or our mistakes. Um, but sin is a little more descriptive than that. It deals with brokenness, but I have much more than brokenness in my life. You see, I also have a rebellion against God, okay? That sin is an active thing. It's not just, oh, I'm kind of broken or flawed or I have mistakes. I'm not a victim, but I'm the culprit. I'm not the innocent bystander who got caught up in something. I am actually the criminal. That's what darkness we have inside of us. And we aren't pointing this at everybody else. We know it's right here. So when we do talk about sin, so often you hear that word sin. What's the first sin that comes to mind? What? Adam and Eve, okay, but I'm talking about today, sins. When we talk about sin and something is a sin, what comes to mind? Come on. Murder, okay, good. Gosh, you're just not going there. It's usually sex. It's usually sex. At least it was. Maybe it's not anymore. Um, but it's, uh, sexual immorality does come up in this passage. Um, and so often people think, oh, I don't want to be a part of church because it's just going to guilt me about my... Um, but you notice the other sin that came up in Ephesians 5.3. It's really fascinating to me that Paul puts these together. He says, but sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness. I know that's not a word you use too often. Must not even be named among you. Coveting, greed, wanting stuff, wanting a lot of stuff, wanting more, never being satisfied. He puts that also up there. Now, what's fascinating, I think, is not uh, is how how does coveting and uh, sexual immorality fit together even? And he brings this up then in the passage, verse uh, five. Just a couple words later, he calls them both idolatry. Okay, and I think here is where Paul's coming from, and I think where we start seeing what's really going on. Um, idolatry, worshiping something other than God. That's what I've been all about all my life. And you know what I worship more than God? Me. Yeah, yeah. And God is saying in this passage, Paul is saying in this passage, if you have anything other than God as your God, anything higher, anything where you're finding your value, anything you're finding your um, destiny, anything that you're finding your identity in more than God, um, and that becomes your God. That becomes your religion. And um, sex is a great gift of God, but it is not God. Okay? And um, the material world is good, but that too is not God. And anything, even the good things I take, and if I put them out of order, as St. Augustine would say in the 400s-ish or so, he said sin is really a disordered love, something that gets out of priority where God is no longer the main thing, but 
secondary or a way to get to the main thing. And there's a lot of that going on in our society. And um, anything that becomes my treasure, my hope, my joy, my all in all, and it's not God, you know what happens? It's going to eat you alive. It doesn't work. Those gods, replacement religions, whatever we have in our society, they just don't work. They promise and can't deliver. And you will be asked to sacrifice everything for that. And it can be your family, it can be your friends, it can be your own health, just to get, you know, climb the ladder of success or have all your pleasures met. And it's amazing how that happens and you've seen it around. The problem with sin is not this action or that action. It's really the self-worship. It's the idolatry that's behind it all. So I love things and use people to worship myself. Where God is calling us to use things and love people and glorify him. That's the difference. And I think that's what Paul is getting at. He says in Ephesians 5.8, at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Now, that's one of those fascinating passages there, 5.8. I think there's a slide for that. Yes. Okay. Um, notice he doesn't say, for at one time you had a few dark moments. <laughs> you did a little, you, had a, you did a dark thing. He says, you were darkness, were, isn't that fascinating? It's like total and complete. And I think what that implies is, I at least know for my life, I cannot affirm every desire and every dream that I have. Because a lot of my dreams and a lot of my desires, and you might be going like, what, the pastor? Yes, are dark. There's a darkness to them. Every one of us is broken. We all have, regardless, we all have a broken sexuality. We also have a twisted sense of entitlement and our desire for things, our greed or covetousness. We're all self-worshippers, and that's the darkness that is in it. And you might say, you know, but I was born this way. This is what I want. And I'm going like, yeah, isn't that amazing? We're all born into that. And I'm born into that type of darkness. Yeah, I'm in bondage to my own ego, my own sinful desires. And you may say, well, but it feels so natural. You know what else is natural, by the way? Poison ivy. Okay, do you see me rolling around in poison ivy? No, I don't think so. And in fact, if there was, and I used to have, I used to have to take care of my yard down here. It's nice, I don't have to. Um, in, my, uh, in my community, it's taken care of for me. But up in Gainesville, it was like a jungle, my yard. Um, and poison ivy, man, I'd have to deliberately, meticulously, carefully, get rid of every bit of it that I could, right? Because that's, it's natural, but just because it's natural does not mean it's good. We have to admit, and Christians still do, there's a darkness in us. Not everything I want is a good thing. A few years ago, well, 1983 actually, so not a few years ago anymore. Feels like it should be yesterday for me. Um, but um, 
Mike Wallace on 60 Minutes interviewed um, uh, Yahil Dinur, a concentration camp survivor who in 1961 testified at um, the uh, Eichmann's trial, okay? Um, and at that trial, he got up and testified to what Eichmann had done. And once he, uh, once he testified, he got off the stand, saw Eichmann, and just collapsed. And so in 1983, 22 years later, Mike Wallace was asking him, so what happened at that point? You know, can you tell us what was going through your mind? Were you just filled with such horrid thoughts, um, bad memories? Uh, uh, did you just, were you scared? Were you fearful? What was going on? He goes, none of those things. None of those things. Rather, Deneur explained, all at once he realized Eichmann was just a human being, that there was nothing special about him, and he said, I was afraid about myself at that moment. I saw that I'm capable to do this. I'm exactly like he. That's what Christians understand. We don't look at other people and say, oh my goodness, I can't believe they. It's like, oh, yeah, that's where we're at. That's what we've got going on. The evil is here. And I'm not going to be able to overcome this darkness simply by, you know, trying to think good thoughts and willpower or any of those things. In fact, this passage does not set us up for that. Christianity is not about nice people trying to be nicer. It's about dead people becoming alive. It's about old people becoming new. It's about people in darkness being brought into the light. And our second point today is even more important. In fact, it's what Paul bases his whole, um, his whole invitation in this chapter to the Ephesians on. And that is, now you are light in the Lord. Now you are light in the Lord. You were used to be centered on yourself. Now you can be centered and orbiting around Jesus Christ and his love for you. And this you didn't do yourself. You couldn't even accomplish this yourself. This is what God has done for you in Jesus Christ. As Colossians, uh, Paul writes there and he says, He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. I couldn't do that. I couldn't get out of the darkness. I couldn't get out of the darkness even if I wanted to get out of the darkness. But God could do it, and God has done that. That's what Paul says. And because of that, we have the power to live as children of light and walk in that new reality we have. I don't think it's a coincidence, by the way, that the day of Good Friday, from 12 noon till 3 p.m. when Christ died on the cross, darkness covered the entire face of the land. It's no coincidence, because God is showing right there what was really going on at the cross, just with that. And it's Jesus Christ hanging on the cross, the one who is hanging there. This is how Hebrews chapter 1 says, he is the sun, is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. So he is the light of the world and darkness is covering him and he is cast into that darkness. He is separated from his own father and the goodness of God. The light of the world gets snuffed out. And that makes all the difference. I read a story this week um, Reread it actually. Um, 
There was a man named Stephen Lungu. He was a freedom fighter in Zimbabwe. He was a follower of Marxist ideology, and he just hated God. He was a man who never laughed, never smiled, never did any of those things because he had just faced so much suffering and difficulties and injustices in his life, and he wanted to take it out on the world. And Lungu joined a gang called the Black Shadows, and they were known for their relentless beatings and killing. In the Bible notes, uh, in the U version, by the way, you can find a video um, link to his testimony at Biola University. Because one day in Zimbabwe, he, uh, along with his group, had decided they were going to uh, have a terrorist attack against a bank where a lot of whites had uh, frequented. But on the way there, he saw a tent meeting revival and decided to turn aside because he had hated God so much, he convinced them instead, let's bomb and destroy this church. And so they sat down in the back, and the preacher started to preach, and he started to speak on Romans 6.23 and 2 Corinthians 8.9. And as he spoke about Jesus, Lungu writes this, I could identify with this Jesus. He had suffered in all the ways that I knew so well, poverty, oppression, hunger, thirst, loneliness. I had known all of these, and so had he. But the amazing thing was he had not needed to know such suffering. But he had accepted it for my sake, to pay the price of my sins. My wages were death, but Jesus paid the price for me. On the cross, he had become a nobody that I could become a somebody. The transaction that Jesus was offering me suddenly became clear tears from all the pain, loneliness, self-hatred, and fear I had known coursed down my cheeks. He put down his AK-47 and bombs, and he walked forward crying for mercy. And just a few days later, he went into the authorities to tell them and confess all the things that he had done Uh, and committed throughout his life, and they interrogated him for eight hours, and at the end of the eight hours, the police officers said, if this Jesus has forgiven you, so we do too. Amazing. And from that point on, Lungu has now traveled all over Africa, actually the world, and shared his testimony. He lives in Malawi with his wife, Rachel, and their family. Once, he was darkness. Now he is light in the Lord, and he walks as a child of the light. Isn't that amazing? That's the power that we're dealing with. That's the fathoming, that difference that Christ has made in us. That's why we can, that power that he faced is the power that is available to you today to receive and to say, once I was darkness, yes, but now I am light in the Lord. It's not about me. It's not about what I've been able to do. It's all the fact that I have received this Jesus who has done it all for me, who was snuffed out, who took the darkness and has given me his light. And so Paul, at the end of this, (coughs) verse 14, quotes what most commentators believe is a hymn and actually used at baptism at the time where he says, Awake, O sleeper, and rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. That's true now for you. It reminds me of kind of how Jesus, if you, in the Gospel of Luke, when he goes to the house of Jairus, this synagogue um, leader, 
and his daughter at age 12 was sick, had actually died, and he wakes, walks into her and says, no, she's just sleeping. Wake up, girl, arise. Or how Jesus speaks at the tomb of Lazarus and says, Lazarus, come forth. Wake up. Or as Isaiah states in Isaiah 60, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples, but the Lord will rise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you. It's true for you. As you've been baptized, God is shining on you. He raises you to to life. You have a new life in Christ. You can now display his glory. You are light in the Lord. No matter the darkness that has been in my life or your life, you are now light in the Lord. And God sees you brilliant, beautiful, acceptable, pleasing. He is filled with joy over you. Christianity is not about trying to be nice. It's about becoming new. You know, guilty people will guilt other people, and mistrusting people will mistrust people, and healed people will heal people, and loved people will love people. And those who are light in the Lord will shine even into the darkness of other people's lives and show the love of Christ. Once you were darkness, But now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Let's pray. Lord God, this day, um, we thank you. We praise you. We are amazed that, Jesus, you took on the darkness of this world. And it has been a dark place. We've seen a lot of darkness this last year. We thank you now at this point in time in the pandemic here in the United States and elsewhere. There is kind of a light at the end of the tunnel. Lord, but we have seen how we've treated each other over this last year. Forgive us. We have seen how we have neglected you. Forgive us. We have seen how we have worshipped ourselves again and again. Forgive us, Lord. We place all our desires before you today, Lord. All our desires. Um, (laughs) And we we ask you to reorder them. We ask you to renew them. We ask you to sort them out. That you would, um, you know, (laughs) we confess, Lord, you know, uh, (laughs) if we say we have no sin, we are just deceiving ourselves. We're not deceiving you. We are still in the dark. But as we confess our sins, you bring us into the light, Lord. You forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We thank you for that, Lord God. Lord, we pray for so many people who are facing dark times in their lives, from tragedy to difficulties to uh, sickness. We know some in our midst, Lord, who need your healing touch. And so we lift up to you, um, Chris, a young man, Lord, um, the Grisky's grandson. Uh, The tumor has started to grow again, Lord, and we just pray that you bring your healing there, that you work through all those who are involved in his care to figure out what to do about this, Lord God. All to your glory. We lift up to you, Rachel and um, Kai, out in California. Lord, um, the cancer is there, but we know 
your light is there too. Strengthen their faith and trust in you, Lord. Work amazing things in their lives for the sake of your glory, for the sake of your kingdom, and show your character through them, even in the midst of all their treatments. Lord God, um, we still grieve over Helen and Lloyd and their passing. We thank you, Lord, that uh, their fa family will come together on Zoom in just a short while and that you will work through that to minister, Lord, to one another the light of your love. And we look forward to the time when we can gather with them in a service of praising to you, Lord. And uh, we just pray that you work through the plans for that. Lord, for our Easter outreach, for our invitations to our community. Lord, we pray that we would be children of the light in such a way that we can show your love and your mercy and your grace and your truth in some very dark places in our communities and neighborhoods right now. We pray that you would work in those. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunities you give us to do that through uh, the Interfaith Food Bank. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunities we can do that just to the neighbors who are facing loneliness and struggle during this time of isolation. We pray, Lord God, you'd also be with Evelyn as she is still recovering at home. We pray, Lord God, that um, she continues her healing and is able to walk more easily again and again. Um, Lord, you know all of our needs. There are so many others. Um, I can't even list them all right now, but we place ourselves into your care. We pray, Lord, that, um, that your light would shine through us, the light of your love. And it's not about us. It's about you and your glory that you've shown on us, that you have delighted in us, that you wanted to give your son in our place. That is just amazing, Lord, your love. So for all of these things, Lord, we just give you glory this day. And we pray that you would be uh, working through this week, Lord, that we would remember once we were darkness, but now we are light in you and that we walk as your children. All this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.